and this, this isn't part of the dream, but I had a spiritual dream where the Lord was speaking to me about um, things in my own life. And um, I was about to reach over and write the dream down, and all of a sudden I heard super loud, like almost an audible voice, but not. It was an inner in my spirit. And I heard him say, chambers of your heart, chambers of your heart. So over the last, I'll say about two weeks, because obviously in the middle there was, was Christmas, but over the last two weeks, this has just been a constant study that the Lord has had me on about the chambers of our hearts and how important that is to the Lord. Actually, it's one of the most important things. And how many of you, you know, they say spring cleaning, but how many of you do like to do some purging? When you get some Christmas blessings, you kind of want to clean your house, right? You kind of want to make room for more. (laughs) Um, Well, in this new year, I don't know about you, but I want more of God. Amen. And I want to make room for more, right? Um, Smith Wigglesworth, I always say this, but but he said, less of me, more of God, none of me, all of God. And that's what we want. That's, where, that's our aim, is just to have none of us in the way and all of God filling our vessel. We need to realize we are the vessel of the Holy Spirit. In him, we live and we move and we have our being. The reason we have our being is to live to bring him glory. There's really no other reason to live but to bring him glory. He's the one who blessed you with everything good in life anyways. So live for him to bring him glory. Amen? So today we're talking about the chambers of the heart. The condition of the heart is extremely important to the Lord. um, Through it comes salvation. Through it comes your daily walk with the Lord. Your emotions, um, your, 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 your intents in your heart, everything's connected with your heart. And the heart is mentioned over, I did a little study, is mentioned over a thousand times in the word of God, probably more if you use different uh, words that, that mean heart. Um, so today we're going to take a study on the chambers of the heart and the heart and what it means to the Lord. The heart is our innermost being. And it's the most frequent topic in the word of God. The heart is the center of yourself, the very core of your person. Actually, the heart is the real you. We all can put on a nice church face. We can put on nice clothes, but that doesn't show the real us. Someone can look, you can see it through um, the media and through Hollywood. Someone can look like they have it all together until something's exposed, right? I don't know about you, but I don't want nothing exposed. So I give him permission to cleanse me from all unrighteousness, to purge me from anything unholy and displeasing to him. Hallelujah. Our heart includes not only our personality, but it reflects our choices, our feelings, our decisions, the intentions, and the motives that are in us. Proverbs 27, 19 says, as a face is reflected in water, so our heart reflects the real person. The real you is reflected not by this physical thing, but the heart of man, the, the, the inner core, the who God created you to be. The heart of man is the real you. And this is why God wants us, and he says, to love him with all of our hearts, all of our souls. All of our mind. What is he saying? He's like, be consumed with me. This is the only way, actually, that he said he'll receive true worship from you. Is if you love him in this kind of way. How many of you know that he knows when we sing it or say it with our lips, but our heart is far from him? He knows if we mean it. We can put on a smile and lie through our lips to people, and they may think it's the truth, but he knows our heart. He knows if it's the truth. So Jesus told us, his disciples, in Matthew 22, 37, you must, this is of the most importance, 
love the Lord your God. And it's, in fact, the greatest and biggest commandment there is. Love the Lord your God with what? With the center of yourself, the real you. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all who you are, with all of your motives, with all of your intentions. Love him. So if my intentions and my motives and my innermost thoughts don't reflect him, then I'm not loving him with everything I am. He tells us in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust in the Lord with all what? Your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't lean to your own thoughts. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. Spirit, soul, body, and mind, acknowledge him. And he'll make straight your path. He's going to make sure your path is going towards him. If you can honestly say, that he's okay with what you're thinking, then go ahead and keep going that way. If you can honestly say that he's okay with that motive that you have behind doing what you're doing, then go ahead and keep going that way. That's, that's trusting him with your whole heart, with all your motives, with all your thoughts, with all your intents. Trust in him to lead you along the right path. We can't just think with our own understanding that our way is right. We have to lean on him. We have to go to him, and we have to acknowledge him in all our ways. Every decision that we make should reflect Jesus. Every thought we have should give him glory. We can please him all day with a song with, uh, from our lips, but if our heart is far from, a, far from him, it doesn't matter. It's just words. He knows if we mean it. And so my prayer, and I hope yours too, is that this year, that every motive, every thought, every chamber of my heart would reflect who I am and who he is. I invite him into every room, and I've often said this, that, you know, we clean our whole house for like a party or a family gathering or whatever, but you always go in a closet or a laundry room where I have piles of clothes that still need to be folded or need to be washed or something. There's, there's always a hidden door shut. Everything's not always done. It looks like it. <laughs> the same is with our heart. But that there wouldn't be one room closed off to the Lord. That we give him permission to go into every part and purify, and cleanse us, and make us ready, holy, fit vessels for his use. Amen? Hallelujah. In Colossians 3, 23, he tells us, whatever we do for the Lord should be done from our heart. And so right now, what I know that the Lord was talking to me about when, when he spoke so loudly in my spiritual ear, the secret chambers of the heart is where your true motive dwells is where the real you is and uh inviting him into those secret chambers really it's not a secret to him right he knows when we stand up he knows when we sit down he knows every hair on, on our head and he knows when we mean something and when we don't mean something but inviting him into the secret chambers what you think is secret into our hearts you know whenever we do wrong Whenever we allow sin into our life, you know what it affects first? Our heart. I've, I've heard this example before, but this beautiful, clean bottle of water, you know, I could open it up and, and drink from it with no problem. But you drop one, just one drop of fecal matter <laughs> into the bottle. It dirties the whole thing taints the whole thing. We allow one drop of sin into our heart. It taints the purification of the whole thing. God wants to live in a vessel, in a heart that's holy and pure and ready and fit for him to use. He won't go into something 
that's not pure and holy. That's how holy he is. So, you know, <clears throat> sin causes us to lose heart for God and causes us to lose um, the will to, to, to serve him. We might still be active in service, but, but when you sin and when you allow the, the enemy to give him permission to work in our lives because of sin or because of wrong thoughts or wrong motives, um, your heart condemns you. You feel embarrassed. You feel like you don't want to go to church. You feel like you don't want to go in the front rows. <laughs> Just say it. You feel like you don't want to go around other believers. You end up feeling more comfortable with the unbeliever. Not that that's a bad thing because you should be able to be comfortable and minister to them. But if your reason and the motive behind you not associating with other believers is because you're hiding behind some fig leaves, you're not hiding from God. It, it hint, Sin and wrong motives hurts our confidence with the Lord. It makes us feel like an unapproval. Not that he doesn't still love us and not that he didn't die for us. He did. But this is just what sin does. This is what caused Adam and Eve to, to um, go hide from the presence of the Lord. And it actually it still does that today. Even though we have Jesus, we have an advocate, even though we can confess our sins and he's faithful and just to cleanse us, the enemy still works, doesn't he? To, to, to kill, steal, and destroy. What? Our relationship with God. He knows that if he can get you to sin, if he can get you to have a wrong motive, if he can get the intents of your heart to be, be clouded with something that's not pure and not holy, then he knows he has just separated you from the presence of the Lord. And that is exactly Exactly what his aim is, is to get you to hide from the presence of the Lord. Even though he's never left us nor forsakes us, and he's with us always, we still hide from being with God. And the further and further, and the longer and longer we allow that to go on, the further we are away, we feel. That's why God is so concerned about the chambers and the secret chambers of our hearts, the, the little place that you think that nobody sees and that it's just a secret to everybody. It's not a secret to God. In Matthew 15, 8, he says, These people draw near to me with their mouths. They honor me with their lips. But their hearts are far from me. I'm sorry, but today... You came here thinking nobody knows, but God knows. <laughs> you came here thinking today, you know, you're just going to, you're going to leave here feeling good. And let me just tell you that ahead of time. But you came here thinking nobody's going to know <laughs> what I'm going through. God knows. And I'm here to expose it. <laughs> I'm not going to point you out. But God is dealing with hearts today. He wants you to invite him into that secret chamber to cleanse you so that you can present yourself as a holy, pure bride. He wants to move this year like he's never moved before in our midst. And it's not going to happen if he doesn't have a holy, ready, and fit vessel for his use. Last week I was told, or the week before, I was told when I was releasing um, the word of, of victory, the season of victory, it came from a vision that I had, and I was rolling in the snow. And the Lord said, you're rolling into a season of victory. But I, I was, the Lord spoke to me and said, once the dust settles, you see all the plunder that you've received, right? But I was told that I said, once the snow settles. And I believe that was not an accident by the Lord. Because when we roll in the snow, what happens? We become white. We become pure we become ready and fit vessels for his use. Once you allow him to purify you, you've stepped over into a new season. And that season is victory. That season is, is ready and fit for the master to use you like you've never been used before. Amen? That's what matters in life. Even though troubles come and storms come and all that, it's just a distraction to get you to keep your eyes and your focus off of Jesus. 
and off of the reason why you're here. So God knows the difference if we're simply saying one thing, but our heart, we mean another. We cannot hide from the Lord. I'll just say one time I was in prayer, and, and I'm going to go into this next scripture in Ezekiel, but I was in prayer and, you know, just minding my own business in prayer. And um, I don't remember if it was a vision or a dream, but I ended up in somebody's house. And I overheard an argument that they were having about to or not to do something that's in the word of God. And it was an argument one spouse wanted to, one spouse didn't want to follow this certain portion of the word of God. And I'm like, Lord, why? Why are you letting me see that? And it's really just exactly what he did in the word of God with different prophets. He revealed to them what was going on in the inner chambers of the king's castle. And God, I don't think he does that with everything, you know, because we've got the Holy Spirit who can convict us and deal with us. But sometimes if we can't be dealt with, he has to do certain things so that we can be dealt with, so we can get, be out of love. He wants to get us on the right track, right? Ezekiel 8, 12 says, Then said he to me, Son of man, have you seen what the ancients of the house of Israel are doing in the dark? Then the Lord said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the leaders of Israel are doing with their idols in the dark rooms? They are saying the Lord doesn't see us. He has deserted our land. There's two different versions of Ezekiel, but really, there's nothing hidden from the Lord. The Lord sees it all, and he knows our intents. He knows our motives, and he knows our heart. So it'd be best if we just welcome him into every part, right? I was reading and doing some study on this, and I ran across this author, W. Hardmond. Never read him before, so I'm not necessarily condoning all his writings, but I, I liked this. In the secret chambers of our own hearts, unknown to anyone else but oneself, how often we paint before us the imagery of unholy thoughts. We allow ourselves to play with the fire of evil suggestions, to carry out an imagination of those wicked longings of a sinful heart, which God has perhaps through his great mercy not allowed us to carry out. Thank you, Jesus in fact or in act. Therefore, many precious moments of time are wasted. We dream of seeing our enemies cast down. We plan and plot and meditate on schemes of pride or covetousness um, or selfish enjoyment and set up every man in the chambers of his heart the imagery of guilty desires and foolish vanities. It has been well said, listen to this, if we had a door to our hearts which let our thoughts be visible, who would dare look at his neighbor in his face? Cool. But the thing is, God sees every door and every chamber. And this is the reason why we don't want to look at his face. This is the reason why Adam and Eve hid their face from the Lord. Because of embarrassment, because of guilt, because of shame, because their hearts condemned them. People hide. COVID was, was a work of the enemy to give people permission to hide. And notice a lot of people don't come back. They're still out there hiding, but God is about to move with the spirit of holiness. He is about to move with the spirit of holiness, exposing the intents and the motives of the hearts. If they do not, and this is the Lord, if they do not deal with it between them and the Lord, it will become exposed. Because of his love, because of his mercy, he is calling his children back to him. Proverbs 23, 7 tells us, as a man thinketh in his heart. That's who he is. Well, that kind of freaks me out. That makes me want to make sure that the things I'm thinking, things I'm dwelling on, 
are honorable and pleasing to the Lord. Amen? God says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So ask yourself, what's lurking in my heart? What room have I closed off to the Lord? What am I afraid that if I had a door swing wide open that other people are going to see? It makes me want to go home and fold my laundry. <laughs> it's in the hall. You can see it. <laughs> it's clean. Remember, Adam and Eve hid from the presence of the Lord. And God called them and exposed the chambers of their hearts. What are you doing? What are you doing there? Why are you hiding from my presence? Why have you put clothes on? And they had to confess. This is the season that we're in. God's going to expose and deal with the heart of man so that he can bring them back to himself. Amen. I'm so thankful. His mercies are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. So many abuse that and use that as a scapegoat, not realizing that they continually keep themselves out of the presence of the Lord from the face of God to where God could use them so supernaturally. It would bring such fulfillment and joy. But time and time again, they use this. The thing is, is Jesus died for us so that we could be made right with God and stay right with God. But if we fall, on accident, not on purpose over and over and over again, if we fall, we have an advocate with Jesus Christ. And we can confess our sins and he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Get us back into right standing with God so we can continue to be face-to-face -face with God like Moses so that all who see us see God. We are not to taint the waters and the purity of our vessel, but we are to be constantly presenting ourselves as a holy, ready, and fit vessel so that he can fill us and he can shine through us. Let your light shine before men so that they may know your Father in heaven, how are they going to know? Unless he's shining through you. How are they going to know? That's 1 John 1, 9. So, we have this advocate. If we'll confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But here's where the enemy loves to get in. We've gotten ourselves, in, we've gotten ourselves into sin or we've fallen... Um, guilty um, to, to thinking wrong thoughts or impure thoughts or not good motives um, behind what we're doing. And we get used to doing that. And then we get further and further away where we, we feel almost like a guilt to or a condemnation that the enemy brings in to even confess it to the Lord. So then we're walking around with, with a guilt-stained garment a sin-stained garment. It, and we're shying away from the presence of the Lord and he just wants to cleanse us. He just wants to purify us. But he said, if you confess your sin. So the enemy gets in there to get you to not confess your sin. If you confess your sin. If you will humble yourself before the Lord. He can lift you back up out of that ditch. But you got to be willing to come into the light, humble yourself, admit you're wrong, confess your sin, and let him purify you. Let him cleanse you from that unrighteousness that made you unholy and unfit for his use. So you won't be going through the motions and, and acts of service to the Lord. Maybe you're still greeting. Maybe you're still doing children's. Maybe you're still worshiping. Maybe you're still doing this and that. I'm talking to myself here too. Maybe you're still doing the things so nobody else knows. But you need to confess to the Lord. You need to, to have a heart that's pure and holy before the Lord. And the only way that's going to happen is if you... Confess your sin. Let him cleanse you. 
and then live to please him. Not just what people can see, but in every chamber of your heart. Live to please him. Live to please him. If we confess. In 1 Samuel 16, 7, but the Lord said to Samuel, this is concerning David, the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance, don't consider his height, for I've rejected him. For the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. But the Lord, he looks at the heart. He searches the heart of man. God doesn't qualify us by how together it looks, the outward appearance looks. He doesn't qualify us to be used by the master, to be a vessel fit for his use because of how we got it all together on the outside. Our hair's combed, our breath is good. <laughs> it's all good to have, but he qualifies us by looking and searching our hearts. Is this a vessel that I can fill with pure water without being tainted? That's what God was saying to Samuel concerning these young men. Who's to be the next king? Who's to be my next vessel? That's what he was looking for, his next vessel. And he's like, no, it's not him, not him, not him. I've already searched their hearts. And I just want to say today, he's searching hearts. He's searching hearts. And he's searching chambers of the heart. Every, every valve, every nook, every tranny, he's searching to see if you're allowing him to clean, purify, and make holy. So how does he see you? How does he see you? When he looks at you and he searches your heart, what is he finding? Is he finding someone who's qualified for the master to use? And this is, just, this is an opportunity today to reflect, not get down on yourself, but reflect to make sure you're ready. Because God's about to move in a powerful way like we've never seen him move in this earth before, and he wants to use every one of us. But not every one of us will be used unless we allow him to clean our vessel. Unless we repent, which means not continually do something over and over again, but repent and turn from that life of sin. Jeremiah 1 or no, Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10 says, the heart, talking about man's heart, man's innermost being, the real man, the heart is deceitful above all things. It's desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his deeds. The deed starts in your thought life in your heart, in the, in the motives in the heart, and then they produce actions. That's why the Lord said, yes, Lord? That's why the Lord said, <laughs> cast down all thoughts, think about it, and imaginations that are contrary to the heart of God. Cast the thoughts down so that you don't give a place in your heart and then end up producing actions that become obvious <laughs> and destructive to your life. I know it's a serious topic, but God is so serious about this. He wants to use you. He wants you to have the most victorious year for his glory that you've ever had your entire life. And it can be this year if you will make a decision to welcome him to purify every chamber of your heart. In Genesis 6, 5, it says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great upon the earth, and that every intention of his thoughts and his heart were only evil continually. He washed the earth clean. 
because of intense in the heart. That's how extremely important it is to the Lord that our hearts are pure. Then he sent Jesus because he needed our hearts to be pure. So I'm going to send my only son to shed his blood to wash away their sin and then make their hearts pure because they're not doing it this way. So I'm going to do this. But yet still, man, closes off the chambers of his heart, not allowing God to clean us and purify us the way he needs so that he can fill a vessel so that we can be sons and daughters of God manifesting his glory. Mark 7, 21 through 23. From within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts. This is where it all births. This is where it all happens. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these things come from within a person and they defile. They drop the poison in the pure water. He said it all comes from the heart. From within the real person, the heart of man. We're not getting away with anything just because it looks like, from the looks of things, nothing's been affected because of our secret sin or our secret thoughts. Oh, it's been affected. Is God living and breathing through you the way he could if you weren't condemned in your heart? Is he speaking to you the way he could if you weren't hiding away from the presence of the Lord and seeking his face? I've been there before. Where you go through seasons of, of feeling like you have a lack of hearing his voice simply because you're not going into his presence because there's some kind of condemnation working because there's a chamber of your heart that you have not yet invited him to purify and cleanse you. You're not ready to give it up yet. Well, it's time to give it up before he exposes it for your own good. For your own good. The Bible says, and then it's like what we did communion last week, the Bible says to judge your own self. Judge your heart so that you will not be judged. Right? Invite him into every part. Invite him to purify and cleanse you. People in the secrets and the thoughts and the intents of our heart is where evil is produced. It's where sin runs rampant. And it's clogging the chambers that are supposed to be filled with God. And it weakens the chambers of your heart. Just like things you shouldn't put into your physical body defile your body and hurt your, your, in, uh, your liver and your kidneys and your heart. Naturally speaking, there's things in this world that actually poison our bodies that weaken our actual heart chambers, our liver and our kidneys. And there's things that God tells us to stay away from. But when you allow sin into your life, it actually weakens the chambers spiritually of your heart, your innermost being, to where God can't use you. You can't contain the holiness the way you need to. It weakens the chambers of your heart. It weakens your heart towards God to where you're not passionately pursuing him. And it doesn't happen all at once. The devil's sneaky. The Bible says he's sneaky. He's looking like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Who's going to fall for his next plot, his next ploy? And usually, I don't know why we even fall for it. It's always the same two or three areas in our lives. It's like there's no new plan. There's no new plot. He's not a creator. Yeah, we fall for it. guard. Protect your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. 
the real meaning of life. The presence of the Lord. It's from this place that God wants to flow and go and fill. But if we allow other things to fill it, he cannot. Don't try to cover up your sin like Adam. It's obviously already known by the Lord. And David understood that. That sin caused him to feel distant from the Lord. It was his own heart that condemned him that caused him to feel distant. Did anybody know about his sin? Nobody knew until God exposed it. There is coming an exposing where people will know if you don't deal with your sin. I don't want to be in that boat. And you see it from the word, and that's why I'm saying it. Besides that, he said he's coming with a spirit of holiness. David understood that sin is what separated him from God's presence. Maybe nobody else knew his sin. Maybe nobody else knew what he had done in the secret chamber of his bedroom or in his thoughts or in his mind, but God knew. And he also knew that God's presence was no longer with him like it once was. And let me just say this, his sin didn't start in the bedroom. His sin didn't start by murdering a woman's husband. It started by looking, thinking, dwelling, and allowing it to get into his heart, the meditation of his heart. He gave birth to sin. In 2 Corinthians 10.5, it tells us, and I spoke this already, but it tells us, cast down the thought, the minute the thought comes that's displeasing to God, cast it down. Don't birth it. Don't give it a place in your heart. Don't meditate on it and let it into the chambers of your heart. You thinking the thought or the thought coming to you is the enemy. It's not you. But the minute you give it place, it becomes part of you. So take it captive and cast down the thought and the imagination that's contrary to the knowledge or the will of God so that it does not get into the meditation of your heart and clog your portals of your heart. David knew he was guilty once he committed this. And then he had dwelled on it so much it became a part of him that he gave place to it. Then there was evidence that he gave place and he still tried to hide it. Had a baby out of wedlock with someone else's spouse. Talking about your sin being exposed. <laughs> And he's in the limelight. He's the king. I'm sure there's some who knew, but God knew from the beginning, from the first thought. But David wanted to be restored, and thank God, God is merciful. Thank you, Jesus. It just makes me want to cry. He's so merciful. So forgiving, so loving. He restored the presence of the Lord even though they were cast out of the Garden of Eden because they came and kind of pulled the confession out of them. He sent his son to die for you and I so that we could live in his presence and be righteous once again. Well, take advantage of that in, the, in a positive way. Confess your sin and let him cleanse you so that you can be made right, found holy and ready and fit for his use. Psalms 51, 10 and 11, David prayed. He knew life wasn't the way it was before when he was chosen to be king and his heart was pure. Because God had searched all their hearts and they weren't ready. But he was found pure. People can change for the better or the worse, depending on their heart. You can change today for the better if you allow him to clean your heart. David prayed, create in me, Lord, a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. should be our prayer. That 
the Bible repeatedly, and, and I'm kind of trying to go over most of this, repeatedly is telling us to present our hearts, our lives to him as pure and holy. We must allow our lives, our hearts to be purged so that we can stand before the Lord holy and pure and ready and fit for his use. Realize it's not a little white lie. It's not just a little sin that nobody's going to know. It's not affecting anybody. It's affecting your heart. It has tainted the pure presence of the Lord. It has tainted the chambers in which God wants to fill. One sin was enough to send us to hell. Think about it that way. One sin is enough to, to steal from us the opportunity if we'll allow it to continue to work, to be filled with the presence of the Lord and be used by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Thank God Jesus paid the penalty for the sin debt. <laughs> Thank God it's through his grace that we are made right and we can repent and we can confess our sin and he'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we got to use it. We got to do what he said to do and apply the blood of Jesus. Confess our sin. David wanted to be free from being held captive to his sin. David wanted to be restored to the presence of the Lord. You know, you, you have different times in your life. God may speak to you in different ways, um, in different seasons, and, and that's, that happens. But, but here, David's talking about feeling like the total absence of the presence of the Lord, not hearing his voice, like just not being led and guided by the Lord. And it was because his heart condemned him until he welcomed him to search his heart, to clean him. Isaiah 118 says, come now, let's settle this, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. Isn't that interesting? I was dwelling on that this morning. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them white as wool. Here he had me, but I believe representing myself and the church, rolling into a new season, but I was rolling in snow. Victory over sin. Victory over death, a victorious church, a pure bride, one that he can use. That's a season of victory, is welcoming him into your life, cleansing you and making you and your sin that was once red like scarlet, white as snow, washed clean and pure. That's victory. Amen. Giving him permission by confessing your sin and allowing him to cleanse you, repenting and turning from habitual sin and making a decision in your heart. What a great time to preach this, making a decision in your heart because a lot of people like to make a New Year's resolution Well, we got that extra push behind us. Making a decision in your heart to turn from that lie, turn from those intents or motives in our heart, to turn from that, and be restored to the presence of the Lord by repenting, by confessing to the Lord so that he can purify us. I saw us as we were worshiping. I saw him like it's like he was pouring a bucket of soapy water over the tops of our heads. I don't have buckets here, so don't worry. But he's doing that by the Spirit. And then I got this scripture. Find my phone. in worship to make her holy Ephesians 5 26 to make her holy cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word 
and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain, wrinkle, or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. This is what he's doing through the word today. He is dumping the washing of the word over the tops of our heads, and he is cleansing us from any blame, any blemish, and he's washing us clean so he can present to himself a pure bride. This came to me right after I asked him, Lord, where is the door today? What door are you going to use of the supernatural? Where, where are you moving today? It's through the washing of the word. His word has power to divide soul and spirit, joint and marrow. To purify us through the washing of the word. We don't realize this, but he's dumping on us a cleansing soapy water to wash us clean. Thank you, Jesus. It's important now. We're going to have an opportunity, obviously, to be repentant to the Lord and confess our sins and let him cleanse us. But it's important to keep your heart pure before the Lord. Don't get back into where your heart's condemning you, to where you feel absent from the Lord. Let's just move forward this year and not turn back. It never did anybody good to run a race and look backwards, did it? <laughs> it didn't do Lot's wife any good at all to look back at the sin. Actually, it stopped her in her tracks completely. And it does that to many people, both in the natural and the spiritual. Ezekiel 36, 26, he says, I will give you a new heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. If that's what it takes, he'll do that. So he says in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart of full assurance of faith. How are you going to have full assurance, full confidence? Being pure. Being right in the sight of God having our hearts sprinkled clean. This is what he is doing today. Sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. Our bodies are washed with pure water. From what? The word and the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. You know, there's nothing like approaching God's throne room with confidence and boldness. Not being like shy like a dog who did something wrong. Our dog puked in our house last night. And he felt guilty. I was like, oh, what is that? And he's like, cast me not away. <laughs> so many of us are like this <laughs> presence of the Lord. It shouldn't be. He says, come boldly to my throne room where you can receive mercy and grace and forgiveness and help in time of need. Let me wash you clean. Let me purify your heart. Welcome me into every chamber of your life so that you can come boldly and not shy away from my presence. <laughs> In Psalms 103, verse 12, he has removed our sins from us. When we confess our sins, this is what he does. He removes our sins from us as far as the east is from the west. Not like us who remember and the enemy likes to bring back <laughs> to our remembrance the things we've done wrong. But God doesn't remember it anymore. And we'll just confess it. And we're not giving the enemy place anymore to condemn us. But we're welcoming the Holy Spirit to purify us. Hallelujah. With this new heart, we need to realize, you know, we're, we're coming, coming in to his presence and we're welcoming him to cleanse us. But we need to realize there's still a devil out there, right? <laughs> there's still temptation out there. So we're going to have to guard and protect our heart, casting down those thoughts and imaginations, making sure that we don't fall into the same snare of sin. Ask, invite the Holy Spirit. Ask him to help you, to strengthen you. Actually, he told me in the dream that was right before I heard Chambers of Your Heart, he told me, pray in the Holy Spirit. Why? Build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. 
You have a gift that was given to you to strengthen you by the power of the Spirit. Why? So that you won't sin. So that you won't give place to the enemy. If you would utilize this gift, you would be strong to resist the devil and he would flee from you. But because you haven't been praying in the Holy Spirit, you've been weakened. So believers, pray in the Holy Spirit and stay strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It's not by your might or power that you can overcome sin and death and hell, but it's by his spirit. So yield to his spirit by praying in the Holy Spirit, building yourself up. Amen? Hallelujah. Almost done. <laughs> in Psalms 26, 2, we should be able to pray this prayer. David prayed after he, he says, prove me, O Lord, test my heart and my mind kind of scary to some of us. But welcome him into every chamber of your life. Welcome him to test you, to purify you, so that you can be a vessel fit for the master to use you this year like never before. Amen? Stay pure. Stay holy. In um, Romans 12, 2, he says, don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. With what? The word. Stay in the word. It purifies our hearts. It washes us clean. It presents us to the Lord as, as, a, as a pure bride. This is what he's doing today. Today, if you allow him, you will leave here having had the best bath of your life. Sparkly clean. And when the snow settles, you'll find out the treasure you have. All that you've accumulated, all that you have. Hallelujah. Invite him into every chamber today. Don't leave one room shut or unswept. In Proverbs 24, 12, he says, If you say, see, we did not know this, does he not consider it? Who weighs the hearts? And who does and who who does he not know who keeps your soul? And will he not render to man according to his work? He knows it all. And we're going to live according to what we allow in our lives. Jesus scolded the disciples. And this is interesting because they didn't even voice and they weren't even showing their, their thoughts or their fears or anything at this moment. But Jesus said in Matthew 9, 4, he said, knowing their thoughts, why do you think evil in your hearts? Even if you've given it place in your thought life, he considers it to be evil in the heart of man. In the real you. You've given place to the enemy. If you give it a moment past casting the thought down, you've given place to sin. If you meditate on it, it becomes an action. But even before you meditate on it, or even before that, to God it's sin. Lord, purify our hearts. Purify our minds. Test our hearts and minds, Lord. Hallelujah. Two more scriptures. Psalms 139, 1 through 5. Oh, Lord, you have searched me. David called the man after God's own heart, and we know what he went through. But yet he allowed God to search his sin-stained life and to purify him. Lord, you have searched me and you know me, the real me. You know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it altogether. 
even before we give place to the thoughts and the intents and the motives of our heart, he already knows. So don't give place. That's why he's saying don't give place to the enemy. Don't give the enemy a foothold. How do we do that? With our thought life. And then it seeps into our heart. It becomes a part of us. And God says, don't do that. Cast those thoughts down. Don't give place to the enemy. Build yourself up on the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. Renew your mind. Purify yourselves. Confess your sin. He gives us all these avenues to be prepared, to be ready, to be successful and victorious in our walks with the Lord. Amen? And this is an encouragement. 2 Timothy 2.21, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, we have something to do with it. We have to confess. We have to give him permission. Yes, Jesus died for all the sins of man from the time all the way to the end. But don't neglect your part. Confess your sin. Then he will be faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will then be a vessel for honorable use, set apart, holy, useful for the master of the house, ready for every good work. Hallelujah. If you're willing to confess your sin, if you're willing to invite him in to purify you today, he will come in and he will cleanse you. He will purify you. Don't sit there feeling guilty and ashamed. Come and humble yourself before the Lord. He will cleanse you and he will purify you and you will be ready and fit, there will be nothing past that moment that you have to do to be ready for the master to use you. Because it's only his blood that makes us right in his sight. Amen? Let's just bow and pray. You want to put on a little instrumental music? Let's give God an opportunity. I don't want to leave here without you putting action to your faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word washing us, purifying us with the washing of your word today. Just pray this, this prayer in your heart or with your lips. Mean it from your heart. Lord, I pray today that you would purify my heart that you would cleanse me, my heart and mind in every chamber from everything that's unrighteous, from everything that's unholy. Come in, Holy Spirit. Wash us clean. Lord, we just confess our sin. If there's sin you need to confess that he's bringing to your your mind, just confess it to the Lord and just repent and say, Lord, I confess that sin and I ask you to forgive me. Cleanse me, Lord, from all unrighteousness. Lord, I repent and I turn from it. Prune us, God, of anything. Tell him, welcome him. Prune me, God. Purify me, God, of anything that's unholy and unpleasing to your sight so that I may be that ready, holy and fit vessel for your use. Just spend a moment with the Lord right now.
purify our hearts. Let them be as gold and precious silver. somebody here saying, I can't, I can't do it. God says, you can't, but I can. Give it to him. Give it to him. 